right, I will need to cut my air conditioner before this. Raul's air conditioner kicked in, in the middle of podcasts uh, last time, so I'm, that took some effort. Matt lost five minutes of audio I'm having to stitch together. That's taking some effort. Yeah, the last episode is rough. Let's do this. Welcome, dear listener, to the QQ Cast. Today is Thursday, July twentieth, twenty twenty-three, and we're your host, Underpod Zach Mayer. And where's Rooley? He's gone, dead to us, Once dead to again. the world. You know, man, I wanted to say, hey, Zach, we're back to our normal broadcasting. The three of us, no special guests, no crazy Jeopardy chat AI stuff, hitting the listicles. Spoilers. But uh, no, then Ruli had to go and have a business trip and needs to sleep. Can you believe that, man? How dare he? If I don't get to sleep, no one gets to sleep. <laughs> Shit, none of us will ever sleep again by that definition. That's, uh... <laughs> and this, dear listener, is Quest 103. What are the best Christopher Nolan movies? So, Zach, we're hitting the listicles. We had a whole collection. Why did you select this listicle? It was the first one I clicked. It's a good reason. It's a good reason. So yeah. uh, we are obviously not going to talk about Oppenheimer. I haven't seen it, but I know IGN gave it a perfect 10. I don't know what it actually is averaging on Metacritic or Rotten Tomatoes, but good as far as I know. Have you seen Oppenheimer? I have not. Um, I might get to see the Barbie movie this weekend. Ooh, come on, Zachary. Let's go party. So we'll one, see. One, one film at a time, do you intend to see the Oppenheimer movie? I mean, yeah, at some point. Like, it's going to happen. Yeah, I just, I don't care much about rushing out to theaters anymore. Like, I don't I know Tom Cruise is out there being the goodwill ambassador of film. I know Top Gun Maverick is something I absolutely should have seen in theaters. But, I don't know, Barbie and oppenheimer and mission impossible i mm-hmm. teenage mutant turtles i don't know what else is coming out i'm just not stoked and that that's nothing against the movies i'm not saying they're bad i'm sure i mean christopher nolan's cinematography is always amazing i i don't know i just don't feel particularly compelled and if i was gonna be compelled you'd think now would be the time yeah yeah no the i don't know movie theaters have lost their shine for sure it's just not that much fun to go out to a movie anymore (laughs) at least uh relative to the comfort of my own couch (laughs) it is a comfortable couch and how many inches is your tv um all of them uh (laughs) i actually don't remember all you need is the diagonal measurement (laughs) yeah no, I, I actually don't remember. I yeah, think I it's know. 62, but... Oh, that's bigger than me. I want to say mine's 50. I'm not actually sure either. Yeah, it's not even the pro couch thing. It's just I'm not, I don't know, I'm not incentivized to hit the theater. I, I was there not too long ago. What did I What did I go see? Hey, Corey, what did we go see at the theater? She also does not remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> how memorable the movie-going experience was. <laughs> yeah, no, that sounds about right. Uh, and same, like, I could have sworn that I went to go see a movie like within the past couple months but i don't remember what it was well i saw i saw the mario movie that i saw in theaters so oh wait was it uh oh was it avatar did i go to see avatar in a theater i did not i think i might have yeah i barely remember i i I saw the first avatar in a theater and i think i 
use that as an excuse to see the second one in a theater. But if I'm being real honest, I don't remember sitting down to watch either of those movies. <laughs> Uh, which has more to do with Avatar than does the movie theater. So maybe that's not fair, but still. All right. Well, Mr. Mayor, let's get into it. The Christopher Nolan filmography. So we have the list from IGN, and I suggest we just go down that list and uh, commentate. But I'm also going to pull up his full filmography here. Mm-hmm. So I have notes. Because notes. All right, dear listener, there are a total of, I sh- you know, this is how prepared we are here on the QQ cast. Well, they only 12. have 10 films listed here, but hold on. He has more than 10 or 12. Sorry. 12. Uh, yeah, I was going to say they, they, they have oh, no, more than. 12. Yeah, there are 12 in the list. 12 of the best yep. ranked. OK, so. Uh, but there are more. Yep. So let's just let's just do this. Uh, top 12, according to IGN, we are going to add our opinions because we are unoriginal and terrible on this podcast. Worst podcast ever for 301 episodes number 12 your eyes um drift across a crowd of people and they slowly stop and fix on one person and all of a sudden that person isn't part of the crowd anymore they become an individual just like that following from 1998 i actually thought clearly incorrectly that memento was his film debut so never seen this don't know anything about it have nothing to add uh yeah no I have never heard of following uh same like I thought Memento was his was his there's it was definitely his breakout and you know if you go by the list in like his Wikipedia page there's only twelve entries starting with following so I'm not sure what the hell else he did meh moving on number eleven my mother warned me about getting into cars with strange men this isn't a car. The Dark Knight Rises from 2012. Dude, what is with the curse of the third superhero movie? Because, yeah, dude, I did not like The Dark Knight Rises at all. We all loved Batman Begins. We all, I mean, people were crazy about The Dark Knight. And I I remember being so hyped to see that. I remember the morning I was getting up and, oh, we're going to go see The Dark Knight today. Absolutely incredible. And The Dark Knight Rises, just, you know, plot holes, weak plot not particularly engaging. I, I, I don't know, man. I, you know, it, it's sad. I just don't have a lot of good things to say about it, really. How, how sad is that? What's, what's your take on Dark Knight Rises? I never saw it. Are you fucking because, kidding me? Yeah, because I heard shit like you were saying right now and was like, I don't like Batman enough to spend two hours in a movie theater or on my couch watching a bad Batman movie. There's enough of them. Oh, it's got to be, I can't believe it was 10 years ago. It's got to be longer than two hours. <laughs> so, yeah. 165 no. minutes. Now, uh, yeah, Batman Begins. Uh, did I see The Dark Knight? The Dark Knight was the one with the Joker, right? Yes. Which one? Yeah. And then, um, yeah, so I think I saw the first two. And then just, I heard such mediocre to terrible things about Dark Knight Rises. The only reason that I wish I had seen it, and the only reason I might watch it at some point, is because of the Bane memes. Um, I would like a deeper understanding of the Bane memes. I mean, Tom Hardy uh, is great in just about everything that he does. And he, he, you know, Bane being behind the mask and Tom Hardy's fetish for having masks on his face. His eyes do a lot of work. And he's physically imposing as fuck. But Christopher Nolan... Of all the things he's great at, fight scenes are really not his forte. 
So the fights mm. are pretty bad choreography and kind of lame. So even though Bane is neat, his plot and plan is not great, and the fight scenes are not great. So Tom Hardy's entertaining, but eh, yeah, it's just not great. Yeah, that reminds me. I saw a uh, a clip. I guess it was part of the Netflix promotion for the Witcher season three, showing a behind the scenes bit of um, uh, what's his name, our favorite Witcher slash Superman, Henry Cavill. Uh, yes, the Cavill, the cavalry, uh, rehearsing one of the fight scenes in the uh, season three. I think it was episode one. Maybe episode two. I don't know. The episodes are so long that they kind of bleed together now. Either way, it was a really great fight scene, and the choreography was fantastic, but the uh, impressive part about it was that it was all filmed in one shot. So, like, they don't do any of the jump cut bullshit. Um, They keep a really tight focus on the action of the character, and they show you quite a bit of what's going on just in a really tight, well-choreographed fight sequence. Uh, and watching him rehearse that, after, even after seeing the end result in the show itself, really, really impressive. So, I'm not saying that it's easy. Um, I'm not saying that it's maybe even worth it in all cases. But it's definitely possible to choreograph a fight scene <laughs> well. Uh, just bring in... They should have uh, contracted Jackie Chan, is all I'm saying. Yeah. All right, Jackie moving on. Jackie Chan number, or Superman, either way. Eh, number 10. To do what I do, I need some idea of the threat we face. As I understand it, we're trying to prevent World War Three. Tenet from 2020. I'm really disappointed to see it this low on this list. I know it was a fairly... I wouldn't even know if I would call it divisive film, but a lot of people weren't into it. I don't know if that was just because of all the theater debacles and fucking pandemic. But this movie, well flawed, in my opinion, is still really fucking cool and really fucking unique. It just tries to do something really fucking different. So I like Tenet a lot. And I'm kind of disappointed to see it this low on this list, although I'm not shocked. You and I had talked about Tenet on the cast, right? I think we did. Uh, it It's come up. At least more than once. I don't know if we talked about it in depth or not. It's been a while since this was 2020. Jesus, it feels like a decade ago. Right. Um. Yeah. No, but I mean the the. <laughs> oh, we did an the, entire QQ review of this goddamn thing, uh, January 9th, really? 2021. Oh, amazing! Amazing! I love it. Um, I don't remember the rating we gave it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm probably gonna look it up. I do love the the last line in the listicle here under the the blurb for Tenet. Uh, it's a beautifully batshit thing to watch unfold on screen. <laughs> yes. Like, yeah, no, that's that's the kind of quote that you lead with for all of your promos. Uh, a beautifully batshit thing to watch unfold on screen. Um, yeah, if I had seen that line on any ad for Tenet, I would have been in immediately. <laughs> Instead, they just went with Christopher Nolan, and I was also in immediately, so maybe it's, you know, six one way, half dozen the other, but still. Well, I remember they were trying to be super secretive about, like, what this was and what the plot was, and I don't know if they were trying to use the, if the marketing from the studio was they didn't have a lot of faith in the movie, and so they were trying to market it with mystique as opposed to telling you what it was. So, yeah, I don't know. 
the marketing. Yeah. I don't remember the marketing being good. But again, pandemic. Like I don't, I don't know how to judge that. Is this just a casualty of the pandemic? I don't know. Yeah, it, it was. It was not done any favors, I think, by the timing of its own release. It definitely wasn't a bad movie. I don't think. I liked it. I think I. I'm not going to listen to the mean, whole podcast. I, I think we gave it. Yeah. I think all of us basically gave it a one Q on the old scale. Yeah. Now that sounds right. Like, I don't know. It, it's it's a difficult one to give an elevator pitch for. So I can understand yeah. why they would just go with, eh, let's just not even try to describe what this is. It's Christopher Nolan and hey, your favorite vampire kid are making a movie and. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of sort of like the other one. The other one? Inception. Oh, it's okay, kind of sort yeah. of like Inception, but not. That was so you know. To me, that was if you a star like Inception, maybe you like Tenet. Huh? To me, that was a star-making turn for Battinson. I I thought he was fantastic in Tenet. Oh yeah, I loved him in that. Absolutely. All right, moving on. Number nine. All right, I want to talk to the boyfriend. It's ten o'clock, Detective Norm. You bet. At night. Insomnia from 2002. Now, I, I'm certain I've watched this movie, but I cannot remember it. I remember making fun of the name being like, yep, it'll put you to sleep. I, I just don't remember it. Despite having Al Pacino and the late, great, amazing, I miss him so much, Robin Williams. I don't really remember anything about this movie, which speaks volumes probably about it. But yeah, well, I'm, <laughs> I'm disappointed this is ahead of things like Tenet. Did you even see this movie? Yeah. No, I don't think... Uh, well, I want to say that maybe I did. I went through a Pacino phase at one point, but I don't remember enough of it to say that for certain. Oh, it's got Hilary Swank in it? Damn. Yeah, but I don't think I feel like, much. I, yeah, I feel like I haven't seen it, and I should have. So maybe I will go see it. Yeah. Moving on, but, number yeah. eight. This world's a treasure. It's been telling us to leave for a while now. Your daughter's generation will be the last to survive on Earth. Interstellar from 2014. You are going to be surprised. I've never seen Interstellar. I mean, not that surprised. It. <laughs> what, what's the? What's the? It insists upon itself. Um, oh, I thought you were going to go with the fry meme. I'm shocked. <laughs> shocked. Well, not that shocked. I, I mean, I I enjoyed Interstellar, but it is. It's kind of a commitment on its own. Um. I think it's a movie that's worth watching, but I can definitely understand why somebody wouldn't want to take the time. Um, I don't know. It treads some old ground. Uh, it breaks a little bit of new ground, I guess. The The coolest thing about Interstellar, and really the reason that made me kind of land on the side of actually going to see it, was the um, uh, depiction of black holes was really well done. Um like they developed new modeling techniques to image a black hole for this movie that were informed by and developed in concert with scientists studying black holes. Uh, vindicated actual years later when an actual radio image of an actual black hole was released and very much matched the model that they used in the film. So, I mean, that's cool. I mean, no that, one tries... That... Nolan tries to ground his movies in as hard science as you can for science fiction. I I yeah. feel like like he, he's like a good sci-fi in that you have to make one concession, but we're gonna try to live within 
the realm of physics otherwise. And I do always appreciate that in hard sci-fi and in Nolan. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, that part on its own was enough of a hook for me to go see Interstellar. And I don't feel like it was a waste of time. Uh, But I can definitely understand how people just wouldn't really want to give it much of the time of day. The thing that surprises me the most, I guess, is that Interstellar is ranked above Tenet, which I feel like was way more entertaining. Wow, I think Um, the internet would disagree with you. Yeah, I know. So, I don't know. People get a hard-on for Christopher Nolan movies because they're like the thinking man's films with shit like uh, Insomnia. Um, Shit, I already said it. And I'm sure it's further down on the list. Inception, thank you. Inception, or Memento, or, you know, all the others. Um, But, like, even if Tenet didn't have the same, call it, uh, mind-bending reveal as some of those others, it was way more fun in a lot of ways. (laughs) He he definitely, it has... uh, as much in common with Batman as it does with Memento. Interstellar is just... (laughs) Time-traveling Batman. All right, all right. Moving on, number seven. Where are you? Batman Begins from 2005. Man, uh, this was really good when it came out. Obviously, the hype of The Dark Knight was way bigger. But what a perfect way to transition from the Schumacher Batmans. It was like, cool, we've got to go grounded. We've got to go darker. We've got to go realistic for a superhero movie, you know, asterisk. But, man, I think this is just exactly what the superhero genre needed at exactly the right time. And they got bigger and more complicated in the next movie. This is a fairly simple movie with, yes, plot holes. But uh, I think the simplicity works in its favor. What do you think about Batman Begins? I mean, yeah, no, it's the it's the best Batman reboot in living memory. I have exactly, I have very little to say against it. Um, so when you say the best Batman reboot in living memory, I guess that's discounting the 1960s Batman movie with Adam West. So we are not saying that the Tim Burton Batmans were a reboot. <laughs> yeah that's yeah technically no but i mean like christian bale michael Caine, katie holmes gary oldman oh gary oldman's morgan freeman uh just uh, music by hans zimmer like mm, it's a (laughs) it's a good movie it is just a fun fun flick (laughs) it's super fun uh all right moving on number six What's the last thing that you do remember? My wife. That's sweet. Dying. Memento from 2000. This movie is fucking awesome. There is a reason this movie was Nolan's big breakout. What what a fucking cool plot. Guy Pierce and I don't know, I would tell you the best role of his career personally. Um Carrie Ann Moss, uh just goddamn so many so many twists throughout the whole movie. Usually with a twist, you're waiting for the ending. What's the big twist? Uh, Nolan movies usually spread out reveals, but this movie, every single chapter jump back is some kind of reveal or twist or something interesting. What a fucking kick-ass movie. I'm actually disappointed this isn't higher on the list. It's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah. No, Memento is 
iconic is is an appropriate word to use for it. Um, and it's also like you can see Memento in so many of his other movies, like that um, that non-linear uh, sort of jumping around between timelines uh, kind he of. He loves even non-linear on, shit. <laughs> he loves non-linear shit. Memento is a perfect showcase of that, and that's like the essence of a lot of Christopher Nolan's movie DNA is just playing with sequencing. Oh my right? god, I just realized that Memento is, you know, and a lot of his other movies are literally out of order. Tenet's the only mm-hmm. movie that he was like, okay, I want to tell this out of order, but I want to tell it sequentially. Okay, I guess I have to reverse the flow of time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, Tenet was great because it was... Uh, he's still playing with sequence, but he said, hey, what if movie, but also palindrome? <laughs> And it's in Correct. the title. It's so fun. Anyway. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I like Tenet. I thought it was fun. Uh, but yeah, Memento was great. Um, and yeah, absolutely iconic. Uh, in general, like it's a great Christopher Nolan film. It's a great film, period. Um, and the, I think, inspiration that Memento has, uh, the inspirational effect that Memento has had on not just Nolan's repertoire, uh, and filmography, but also like other filmmakers, is um, kind of hard to overstate, right? Like it's it's one of those touch point films that people look at and say, yeah, like that. I think maybe only for film nerds. I don't know how much of a mainstream Memento has. I mean, I agree with you. I agree with what you're saying. At least it certainly should be. I don't know if it ever had mainstream power, but it should have. Well, it's fucking awesome. At the very least, Family Guy made fun of it. Okay, thank you. Bringing us into the the uh, cultural zeitgeist compliments of... Oh, God, what's his name? Oh, my God, I can't think of the Family Guy guy. Ah, oh, fuck. Seth MacFarlane. Thank you. Fuck, getting old sucks your memory. You, you got it. Oh, man, did I remember a noun? I can't believe I remembered a noun. Well, we can't, we can't allow that. Moving on. Number five. Dunkirk from 2017. I have not seen this film. If I were to go watch a Nolan movie that I haven't seen, it would be this one. I would watch this. And I don't know why. I don't know why I would watch this before Interstellar. You'd be looking at me going, Tom, you love hard sci-fi. You love the stuff. Why don't you want to watch Interstellar? I don't know why I'm not compelled, but I am compelled to watch Dunkirk. I really should. If there's ever an opportunity someday, I'm going to take it. Have you seen Dunkirk? Yeah, it's better than Interstellar. Well, there you go. I'm just saying, like, it's, subject matter aside, setting aside, all that good stuff, um, Dunkirk has a way more interesting sequencing than Interstellar did. No Um, spoilers. None of that shit. No, I, yeah, he he plays with, well, do you, do you remember, um, did you see 1914? Uh, no, oh, that's the, the one take movie, right? Yeah. The answer is no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Similar vibe. Like there's a there's a gimmick in the way that it's shot that I'm not gonna really like I said, go into that makes it to me more interesting than Interstellar. So well, yeah. Cool. And again, just cinematography, World War Two, I, I need to take a look. Moving on, Ooh. number four. Mr. Cobb has a job offer he would like to discuss with you. What kind of work placement? Uh 
Not exactly. Inception from 2010. Is this, aside from The Dark Knight, I wonder what number one's gonna be. Aside from The Dark Knight, I would say this is his biggest, you know, pop culture touchstone. Would you agree? Uh, yeah. Yeah, I buy that. Um, I, I think this is probably, like, if Memento didn't make Nolan a household name, if uh, he had never made a Batman movie, this would be the one thing that he's known for. Um, like, it's... It's all the best things about, like, a Shyamalan movie. Just done without Shyamalan. <laughs> <laughs> wow, uh, my well, disagreement you with think you of, is rising. Well, you think about like um, the the uh, the good Chama. Like uh, I'm specifically thinking of the um, oh shit, flatly lit, flatly shot, sixth sense, mono, sixth monotone sense. dialogue with yeah. one twist at the end. Yeah, no, I'm 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 thinking of sixth sense specifically because there are um, you, you remember the red clue for sixth sense and shit like that, and people were like, oh, man, it's so genius, you only see it in retrospect. Well, there's a lot of that in Inception, too. Oh, okay, now I see what uh, you're just saying. just done way better. Infinitely. Infinitely better. Infinitely better. And he doesn't, like, he doesn't treat you like an idiot the way Shyamalan does with his with its wrist. Uh, <laughs> like, Inception, by the time you figure out, you know, what's going on, you're still asking a question at the end, which is way more fun to me. <laughs> so... so- you know, a lot of people, speaking of, you know, like, uh, Nolan doesn't hand-feed you the twist at the end, a lot of people have criticized some of Nolan's films for kind of being, like, the poor the poor thinking man's film because he spells certain things out for you, right? And I think Inception, he spells out through exposition, I think, interesting exposition, like the Ellen Page training sequence, but through exposition, he kind of explicitly states a lot of the plots and a lot of the catches by having, again, that Ellen Page... Uh, I guess now Elliot Page, vantage point character. And I don't know, I, I I guess I understand the point that's being made. And it's not that I think the point is wrong. It's that I don't agree with the conclusion. I'm like, well, fine. So he puts in some exposition so that other people can understand it. I don't think he does it in a way that detracts from the film. He doesn't pull the e-brake, look at the camera, break the fourth wall and tell you. Again, he has, in this movie, he has a vantage point character that they're training to become mm-hmm. into the heist, so she is learning and the audience along with it. I'm not really docking at points for that. I mean, you know, feel free to disagree, but that's, no. that's something that I think people do dock at points for. Yeah, well, they're dumb. <laughs> frankly. <laughs> like, the point of the movie isn't what they're doing. That's the vehicle for delivering the point of the movie. So all of the exposition, the setting, the way that they go into the heist is it's sort of the B plot, right? Like it's the excuse to tell the story that he's actually telling. And that's the part where it gets, you know, fun and interesting. Like the relationship that DiCaprio has with what they're doing, how they're doing it, um and the nature of his own reality, that's that's the A thread. And everything around that just explains the mechanics of how they're telling the story. So, I, I yeah, I, I don't fault them for you know giving us the the learner's permit view overview as <laughs> the the vehicle for feeding us enough information so that we can have a chance at understanding what else is going on. But like, he's also not he he's not super ham fisted with the the themes and the metaphors he's 
<laughs> he is in some places, I think, intentionally obtuse just because it's um, in contrast to some of the the more subtle themes, and that's that's perfectly fine. Yeah. I, I, again, I don't really have a problem with that. Um, now, if you ask me if Inception was like a really clever film or, you know, a quote-unquote a thinking man's film, I don't know. I, I, I think the... I think Inception is held up to a standard that it wasn't really ever trying to reach uh, or reach for in that regard. Like, it doesn't seem... Like, I rewatched it recently, and it doesn't feel like it's trying to be clever. It's just telling an interesting story. Yeah. So, yeah. I guess the last thing we should say before we move on is just that if Ruli were here, he would point out the fight in the hallway is one of his favorites, because the whole entire room was on a gimbal, and it looked fucking amazing. Mm. Agreed. Go, oh, Joseph, yeah. Joseph Gordon-Levitt. Yep, Moving yep, on. Yep, yep. Number three. It was the greatest magic trick I've ever seen. I need to know how he does it. He has no trick. It's real. The Prestige from 2006. Now look, I really like The Prestige. I do. I don't know why the fuck it's this high up the list. I enjoy that movie. It's great. Uh, Hugh Jackman's great. Christian Bale's great. I think I still have discussions with people about was Christian Bale created by the teleporter? Did he have a brother? And I... I have my opinion, but as much as I like this film, I do not understand why it is this high up the list. Yeah, you know, I don't either, because, yeah, big same. It's Hugh Jackman and Christian Bale, Michael Caine, gotta love it, Scarlett Johansson. It's got a great cat. David Bowie's in this? Yeah, he is uh, oh. Tesla. Oh, that's right. He builds uh, Indy Circus is in there, too. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a fun movie. And it's got uh, <laughs> it's it's got interesting parts to it. I don't know why it's rated higher than uh, well, a lot of stuff, but like just Inception. Like you I might even be, be fine if you I, yeah, I might even be fine if you switched Inception and the Prestige in the list. Or, or, um, or Memento. I, or Memento, yeah. Dunkirk, perhaps. I, I just, yeah, I don't know why it's this high up. Again, I really like this movie. I am not disparaging this film. I think it's great. I don't understand why it's this high up. Mm. Well, okay, maybe because it had a budget of forty million and had a box office of one hundred and ten. That's not what this fucking list is. This isn't most. That's it. Highest grossing. No, Batman but I higher. mean, if you're considering all factors, maybe that is one. I don't know. That's a pretty good return. Oh, uh, what, 150%? Come on, that's good. That's good for movies. I'm not saying it's bad. Anyway. Uh, what What was the What was the other one that came out at the same time that was basically the same film? Oh, starring Edward Norton, The Magician? Yeah. Was it The Magician? Something like that. God, that movie sucked. I remember watching it and walking out and like immediately, instantly forgetting anything oh. about it when I walked out of the room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Illusionist. Oh, ilu- thank you, Illusionist. <laughs> The Prestige and the Illusion. Because I think in that one, he actually did have magic, which is like, guys, what are we watching? What are we doing? <laughs> I t- I t- yeah. Wait, now we're watching a magic movie? What the fuck is this? I don't know. I don't remember. Anyway, moving yep. on. Number two. This is a national emergency. Detonator charged. 
Oppenheimer. We have not seen this film. Uh, like I've said on other podcasts, I still don't know what it's a. I know what it's about in a literal sense, but I don't know what story they're telling. Uh, again, outside of the historical biopic fiction. So I'm interested. I just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm just not interested enough, but this is me in general in this day and age. I'm not interested enough to, to go to see this or go to see Barbie. All right, QQ Rambles. What what movie are you looking forward to next, Zach? Are you going to see Barbie? Is that the one you're actually looking forward to? Or are you, are you going with friends? I mean, yes and also yes. Um, <laughs> and uh, it's it's sort of a toss-up whether I'll actually get to go. I have a bunch of stuff going on this weekend. Um, so I'm down as a hard maybe. But if I do get to go see it, I am excited about it. And it would be with friends. So, yeah. Uh, I mean, yeah, it looks fun. Uh, I love the the Barbenheimer uh, sort of dynamic, <laughs> having them having them just diametrically. Well, it reminds me of uh, when Doom and Animal Crossing came out at the same time, and so they had some of the cross marketing materials for those two. Uh, yeah, no, very fun. But um, I mean, yeah, no, I I'm I'm with you. I don't know what story exactly they're telling with Oppenheimer as a vehicle. I am excited for seeing the practical effects, uh, which promise to be fantastic. Did they build a um, real nuclear bomb? <laughs> no, surely not. Surely not. But it is Christopher Nolan. So it's always possible. Um, so, yeah. And, like, yeah, Matt Damon, Robert Downey Jr., and Emily Blunt, uh, Cillian Murphy. Yeah, it's... I, I'm interested. Um, I don't know. The only other movie... Whether I'll I'm, get to go see it in the theater. The only other movie I can remember that I'm interested in for 2023 is just Dune, because Dune. So, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i sure I'll see this at some point. I'm sure it's great. I'm Again, I'm not trying to disparage it. I just don't care right now. So, moving on to the number one on the list. Zach, I didn't see this. Oh, my God. Can you believe? What do we got? Nothing no name, no other alias. Clothing is custom. Nothing in his pockets but knives and lint. Evening, Commissioner. It's The Dark Knight from 2008. Didn't see it coming. No, nobody saw it coming. So, And I don't know how much of this is Chris Nolan or Heath Ledger. Yes, and I was also going to say David Goyer. I, I was having the yeah. exact same thought when thinking about what do you say about The Dark Knight? Well, it's all been said, so I was going to say what hasn't been said. But I think that Nolan is great and does a great job with this movie and his tone and his design. All three films is fantastic. But Heath Ledger steals every literally every scene that he's in. Absolutely insane. It, it really is a shame that this shows what he could have been had he continued on past being, you know, like a young, not a child star, but you get the point. Teen heartthrob. And the other thing I think is worth pointing out is David, uh, David S. Goyer. He's written a ton of shit in Hollywood. A lot of it really good. But I feel like this was him, like his opus, where all of his trappings, all of his things of uh, Mr. X and multiple parties betraying each other and the villain wants to get caught. He's used that too many times. And then everybody else used it too many times. I feel like this is where it all came together. I, I hesitate to say perfectly, but but effectively perfectly. And so, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know how much of this is Nolan versus those other two. And I'm not, again, the fact that all three of them were here, cool, lightning in a fucking bottle. We will probably never get a better Batman movie than this. Yeah, certainly not with Jared Leto. Um, <laughs> so, 
Yeah, no, exactly. Like, there's there's not a whole lot to say, and it almost feels unfair that uh, the Dark Knight is in this list because, of course, it's the best one. It's easily his most popular movie, like just by volume, right? So it's Probably. tough to it, it's tough to give it credit on its own merits, but it does have its own merits, that's for sure. But it's because it's so difficult to separate out the Nolan influence from the Heath Ledger influence from the, everything else that it, 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 it doesn't quite feel fair to have it in that number one slot, but I understand why it is. Oh, I know. I think it's fair to have it in the number one slot as much as again, like other movies might be more interesting. This is amazing and well done. And the biggest gross, I'm okay with it being in the number one spot. I think some of the other stuff like prestige being as high as it is. Again, I'd like to see memento or tenant a little bit higher for the most part, I don't actually feel this article was completely clickbaity, clickbaity, which I think most Kotaku articles are. But I'm I am totally cool with this being at number one, if despite it being a superhero movie and one of his you know not not as fantastical films, I'm still totally cool with it. Yeah, yeah. Now, uh, yeah, I, I get it, and there's really just not that much more to say about it. Not it's really. a good movie. If you haven't seen it, watch it. All right. Well, Zach. Uh... Before we transition into the news, we have to thank our sponsor for this evening. Zach, who is our sponsor? After these messages, we'll be right back. IMAX, let your eyeballs bleed. I wish I could do a Tom Cruise impression, because I want to do a Tom Cruise impression right now, but all I can think of is Ben Stiller's impression of Tom Cruise. <laughs> you know, you gotta, you gotta go to the movies. <laughs> I don't know, I'm being sound like more like Mickey Mouse. Remember that bit? Where uh, Tom Cruise and Ben Stiller. Ben Stiller's his stunt double, and he's trying to act like him. Yes. Oh God. So yes, cool. I do. Very, very good. But yeah, no. Um, definitely, definitely IMAX. Have you seen the the posts about the uh, the film reel for Oppenheimer's IMAX? No. No, enlighten me. Uh, so it's fucking huge. Um, <laughs> and I mean, you expect that it's an IMAX film, but it's like it, it's it's one giant fucking spool and now there are people warning you that hey if you got tickets to see Oppenheimer in IMAX be sure to be ass in seat at the start time because there are no previews there was not ro- room really? on the film roll for oh, previews wow. today I learned I would have so, thought they'd just be projecting something I, I did not know how this worked yeah right you think it's all digital you think that it's just like moving a file around, but no, it's an actual physical fucking thing, and it's enormous. Uh, here, I'm gonna find you uh, a picture. Uh, it's the the 70 millimeter film roll, film reel. Uh, it's the longest IMAX film ever. Uh, 70 millimeter film reels are 600 pounds each. Jesus. Reach reach IMAX's outer limit. Uh, find it good. He's rebooting the outer limits. Yeah, I'm told it's 11 miles of film for one screening. Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, no, there's uh, all the IMAX uh, film reels sit on, you know, kind of one platter, and that platter has a maximum diameter, and Oppenheimer pushes up against it, like it's here. I'm going to send it to you as soon as I can find where you are. There it is. Doo-doo-doo. Here we go. Wow, okay. Well, that'll be the picture today of the uh, podcast. Yeah. Anyway, 
That's a, a that's fucking fine. spaceship part. All right, Mr. Mayor, let's get to the news. Good news, everyone. Great news, everyone. Bad news, everyone. Uh-oh, I don't like the sound of that. You are? News. So I got a whole bunch of headlines here. Most of them, I think we could just talk about one topic. The streaming wars are blowing the fuck up. So obviously we have the uh, the the Actors Guild and the Writers Guild both striking at the same time. It's not unprecedented, but it's been half a century since it's happened. That's going to disrupt everything in its mother. I think Andor and Deadpool and God, I'm thinking of all fucking Disney properties. Everything is fucking disrupted. But more than just the strike, there's a bunch of headlines here. So Peacock is raising its prices. YouTube uh, Prime or pr- Premium, whatever the fuck it is, is raising its prices. Uh, Paramount is has ended three of its Star Trek shows. Netflix is removing one of its ad tiers or something. I'm not sure. So the streaming wars are just... I, are we seeing the fallout of the wars? Are we seeing the... Uh, the I, I don't know how to make this analogy work. Are these the battles? These the casualties? What's uh, uh, What's up, dude? What's your take on this shit? It's it's sort of the same old story, and we've seen it play out in different industries in a lot of the same ways. Um, when streaming in its call it heyday uh, was around, you had Netflix and maybe a couple of others that were sort of around. Hulu wasn't too far behind Netflix, I guess, in in market entry, but like. In those early days, when there was not a whole lot of conver- of um, competition, you know, the market was the entire world, and you were the only one in it. Then, as new services start to become introduced, um, they sort of don't compete with each other on uh, content. Like they're not serving the same things. They're not trying to deliver. Uh, content cheaper, faster, better. It's just different, right? Uh, so you see some competition on price because you still, you know, you're betting that people are going to come and pay you money for the content on your service and assuming that your service is at least baseline competent, that would be enough. Now you're starting to see uh, content overlap. The same things are being presented across streaming services, and then that means that the competition has to be for the same eyeballs across the board. It's not a lot yet. It's not like we have all of the content available on your platform of choice, and it's not down to the point where these services are going to start going at each other's throats. But the lead up to this point has been basically loss leading, right? Like, Netflix made a shit ton of money. They also spent a shit ton of money. And anybody competing with Netflix has had to go and run massive, massive deficits just to stay alive in the hopes that they can build the consumer base that lets them, you know, actually stand up and throw a punch at the giants. Didn't Disney claim to lose billions of dollars to their streaming network? Which I still think Mm. is creative accounting, but... Mm. Yeah, and I, I, I don't disbelieve it. Like, um, you know, the the others, like Paramount Plus and uh, what are the other smaller ones? Hulu was a loss leader for a long time. It was in the red for almost its entire existence. Um, 
Voodoo, the uh, the rental service from uh, what was it, Walmart? I don't think has ever made money. And so <laughs> you're you, you have all these businesses that are valuable that people do like and do want to continue using that people have you know, become accustomed to. Uh, now are at the point where they either have to or feel like they can justify raising the prices to what they probably should have been all along if they were operating as a profitable business from the outset. Uh, you know, Netflix has been a cheap streaming option for a long time. Uh, they have raised their prices progressively as time has gone on. But Netflix started out with profit profitability in mind, and because they were first, they had the volume to do that at a you know cut rate price. Uh, anybody coming into the world that Netflix built has had to be artificially underpriced in order to compete long enough to get a viewership, and now <laughs> that that uh, that early competitive discount is starting to evaporate. And we've seen that before. Like we've seen it in um, ride shares with Uber and uh, what's the other one? The one that's Lyft. arguably better. Lyft, yes. <laughs> I, and I other services Lyft like Uber it. Personally. And uh, you know, even during the pandemic, we saw with the uh, delivery services for Uber Eats, and DoorDash, and I'm sure Lyft has an equivalent, but uh, Postmates and all that stuff, prices have gone up uh, across the board for services that we have taken for granted to this point because they were too cheap to begin with and now these companies need to be profitable. <laughs> so, I mean, it's not surprising that we're seeing price hikes in streaming, uh, just like it's not surprising that uh, Uber and Lyft had to raise their prices to not be losing tens to hundreds to billions of dollars. Um, it's just sort of inevitable. They, it's and it's, it makes a lot of sense. You know, they get us addicted to these services. The first hit is free, and now we got to pay. Yeah, so it, I don't know. It seems like a market correction to me, and it seems like a market correction that was always going to happen. It just happens to be happening now. Yeah, I, I just don't have any informed opinions here. I just, you know, back in the day, we were always like, man, why couldn't we just have, you know, TV channels a la carte? I don't want to pay $100 for Comcast. I want to pay for the sci-fi channel. And man, you know, Faustian bargain, be careful what you wish for, because now there's just so many streaming services, and I don't fucking care anymore, and I'm not going to maintain all of them. I, I, I should cancel Netflix. I can't tell you the last time I fucking watched Netflix. It's been fucking months, I think. There's just too many, and, you know, we won't we won't go all the way back to when there's too many options or if it's too difficult piracy, but, <clears throat> you know, not saying. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah. I, I don't have any informed opinions. It's just, it's kind of crazy to watch it all blow up, and I guess I am interested to see where, well, obviously, we're all interested to see where the pieces fall, but I'm assuming it's just going to get conglomerated back into kind of the old cable provider we used to know. I don't know. Mm. That there'll just be fewer services, and they'll, you know work together yeah uh, what, what's they're looking for consolidate i i don't know yeah. again i have no informed opinion here well yeah it's it's consolidation and or you know federation the fediverse of streaming services which is basically what you get if you use something like a roku uh <laughs> you you have 
you, you don't really pay a Roku subscription. I guess you can. They have their own content, and you can rent <laughs> stuff directly from them. But you use them as a portal, right, to get at all of your other streaming services. Uh, and that gives you a nice little dashboard to show you what it is that you're subscribed to, what you're paying for. And you still do have to go into those individual services to, like, cancel or suspend a subscription or start a new one uh, or upgrade something or whatever. Uh but I think even that at some point is going to be consolidated enough that you'll have you know, one kind of pane of glass for all of your streaming services. And yeah, your money is going to be split, but it's basically going to be the channel a la carte. Uh, I feel like that's where we end up. Unless somebody uh, absolutely wipes the floor with all the other streaming services and says, we are the one to rule them all, which I just don't see happening. Uh, like none of these none of these are steam it the closest <laughs> is netflix and you know i'm kind of right there with you i still like netflix it's what i go to when i don't know what else to watch well, and i'll just like find something speaking of consolidating but, um, on steam there's there was some news uh overwatch 2 is going to steam so oh yeah i saw that that's the thing that's exciting yeah i mean i so oh uh last tangent everything we'll want to trailers so you know there was that Choose your own adventure Star Trek and that narrative Star Trek game that just came out from the former people who were at Telltale. And you know, I, I reviewed pretty well. Well, except technically, I guess it was a total buggy, not buggy, but like shitty frame rate, chuggy mess. But I I would have liked to play it, but it was only on the Epic Store. And god damn it, I was not gonna create an Epic account, install Epic's launcher, which I don't know that I could run on deck. Uh, I don't think that actually ran that that particular app that game ran well on deck otherwise i'll have my mac as my main computer so i'd have to like drag out another computer to play it so i just said fuck it i'm not gonna do it it's kind of like the streaming wars like i'm not gonna sign up for another fucking service in order to play it so we just i don't know uh tyranny of choice i guess i don't i just don't know yeah yeah no it's it's fine everything's fine yeah this is fine all right zach want to do trailers yeah let's do some trailers coming soon to a cinema near you in a land that... No, in a land... In a time... No, I don't think so. In a land before time. Yep, yep, yep! All right. I got us two trailers. The first one is pure sugar from our corporate overloads. Overloads. Just overlords. Just for you, buddy. Tell your listener what we're about to watch. This is Ahsoka. Pipe official trailer, Pipe Disney Plus. Yeah, so we had watched the teaser some time back. So I guess this is the full trailer. I don't even know what the difference between a teaser and trailer is anymore. We've been saying that for years. Whatever. They put more images uh, for our eyes to do persistence of vision and see things. Yes. Yes, give me all the jump cuts. All right. Show me all the bits. All right, let's do this. Count them down in three, two, one. Play. Whoa. War is inevitable. One must destroy in order to create. What the shit? We are no Jedi. The fuck is this? Sith, I'm guessing? I mean, they got red lightsabers. I started hearing whispers of Thrawn's return as heir to the Empire. Oh, Uh, book drop from the 90s, baby! What happens when we find Thrawn? All about Thrawn. Such as you've never dreamed. I do wonder what will you have to know in order to enjoy this show. I've spent most of my life fighting a war. I feel like they're going to give you a bit. Prevent another one. 
Like, I recognize a bunch of these characters from Rebels. I think it was Rebels. But I, I haven't watched that, so like... Yeah, it was an, it was an animated show. I, I, I think they'll ease you in. Like, if you have seen it, it's fun. But if you haven't, I don't think you're gonna miss much. They've been pretty good about that so far. I mean, boy, I'll tell you, this looks better than any of the, the recent movies. Like, just... As a Jedi... I don't care if it's a show, it just looks, no one else can. looks great, it looks nice. But I'm counting on you to see this through. Yes. Oh, I still haven't watched the most recent season of Mando, because I didn't want to watch the half season of Boba Fett. <laughs> I don't know, once again, the content machine has churned me out, but apparently Bob Iger has ordered a decrease throttle back in the number of Marvel and Star Wars properties being produced. Yeah. I, I gotta confess, I'm down with that. Spoke highly of you. I'm not here to discuss my past. We have a lot of work to do. Once a rebel, always a rebel. Oh, let's see. So do you know all these characters, or just... just I know a bunch of them. Or at least I, I recognize a bunch of them as characters I've seen before if I don't remember their specific names. Um, hang on. I need to know who is playing. Uh, da, da, da. It is. Okay. Lars Mikkelsen is playing Thrawn. Yep. The other Mikkelsen. Yeah. He was, was also Matt Thrawn's voice actor in the, in the animated show. Oh, was so, he really? Yeah. Oh, it's always cool when that happens. <laughs> Absolutely. That's what's going to happen with uh, Boingler and oh, Nouns, Star Trek, Lower yeah. Deck, Strange New Worlds, Boingler no, it and starts, Mariner. It starts with an uh, Mariner. Thank there you. you. I always do think that's really uh, cool when voice actors get to play <laughs> the main characters that they in, in live action. I think it's really neat. All right. Uh, well, uh, first two episodes, the end of August. So uh, soon, Zach. Soon. I don't care. I should watch Mando. All right, last trailer, and I believe this one dropped today. Oh, really? Which one do we got? Hang on. I'm going to click it. Ooh, okay. So, Zach, tell your listener what we're about to watch. This is Marvel's Spider-Man 2 story trailer. PS5 games. Now, did you play the first Spider-Man game or Miles Morales? I have the first Spider-Man game installed on my computer as we speak because I had every intention of playing it, <laughs> but I have not yet. I, I heard nothing but good things, and same. Miles Morales sounded like it was going to be more of the same, which seems to have borne out, so like, I, I would be excited to play it, I just have a lot of other shit going on, <laughs> so I haven't yet. Well, apparently this game is the two of them together plus Venom. So, like, if you wanted a winning fucking combination... I... <laughs> okay, I'm in. Yeah. Show me what you got. Alright, count them down. Three, two, one. Play. PlayStation. That's how old I am. I still remember the original thing they said. Yep. Lots happened in the last ten years. It's a miracle I'm even sitting here now. I got a second chance. In the last ten years? That kid is 14 at best. Right? Me, Pete. We're gonna heal the world. What, did he have, like, trauma in kindergarten?
By the way, the new Spider-Man movie kicks fucking ass. Hey, good to meet you. Across the Spider-Verse, fucking amazing. Yeah, I still haven't seen it, but I'm really looking forward to it. I want to go. I want to see. I want to make that happen. I didn't know there were bears in these woods. <laughs> hey, MJ, I have another name for you, Craven. He's here on some kind of hunt. Yeah, his card is fine in Marvel Snap. No, if you need me, I'm just a call away. Lee, you don't know what you took from me. All Miles talks about is how to be a better Spider-Man. How to help you. What the hell is going on with Pete? He's not himself. Go help. He's not himself. Okay, so Peter is going to turn into Venom. This was our dream. I guess so. Yeah. And then Miles is yeah. going to save his ass. Going to lose him. We're going to heal. <laughs> you think they got Tom Hardy to voice that? Because that'd be cool. Oh, man. I mean, you know they didn't, but it'd be cool. I love Tom Hardy Venom. So the movies fun. are god-awful. Can I eat him? I mean, yeah, Tom Hardy's awesome. The movies are god-fucking-awful. They're terrible, but they're funny, because it's Tom Hardy. Ugh. All right, dear listener, thank you so very much for joining us. Please always remember that any views or opinions expressed on the podcast are representative solely of the person expressing them, not their friends and family, not their co-hosts or co-workers, and certainly not of their employers, past, present, or future. Thank you so very much for joining us, and thank you for respecting our individuality. Zach, will we be back next week? Uh, I probably won't. I'm going to be out of town. Dagnabbit! Well, we'll see if Ruli's back in, because I'll be here. Indeed. All right. Well, uh, Zach... I have not picked the song we're going out on in a while, so I was re-listening to the Lock, Stocked, and Two Smoking Barrels soundtrack, so we're going out on James Brown's Payback. Perfect. Couldn't have picked a better one. I mean, it's not thematically related to anything we just talked about. <laughs> I just got bored. Everybody out.